When the day's been long and it's time to unwind It's time for the boys to poke around in your mind If you're like me and you like to laugh once in a while Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Sit up for David, strap yourself in for Kyle Good afternoon, viewers. Are welcome. We, we are back. We are back indeed. So, welcome to what I believe is the third podcast of 2016. The end of an era. The end of an era. So, so when we when we started this sort of primitively back in the early days, we kind of assumed that we wouldn't get past episode three, and then this sort of rebooted form for the the brave new year we find ourselves in. We're going to run that risk to its its logical conclusion and. For the first time, I'm going to be sort of hosting this little shindig and seeing how that pans out. Um, Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. I'm, I'm certainly afraid, I think that's fair to say. Mm. Um, and so to just to sort of give viewers a sort of a, an understanding of that's what that's likely to entail. Well, I, you know, I hate to interrupt, but already the ball has been dropped tremendously. Um, you haven't introduced us. You haven't introduced by us? By name. Oh, surely, surely we're past that. Okay, fair enough. For people who don't already know us, I'm David. And, and I'm Kyle. God, that was, that was and uh, this is the last time I will interfere with David's master plan. That's quite all right. So, sometimes, sometimes the non-host character just has something they need to say, and they should the say contributor. It. Yeah. Mm. It would, don't don't let me step on any toes. If you have something to say, please bring it to the fore. It'll be said, don't you worry. Right, so... Now, in, in the past, I've been criticised quite vehemently from a number of corners mm. for being rambling and self-indulgent. Um, in particular, yes. you know, and, yes. and criticised, you know... I said that, I believe. I said that. Yeah. Generally, it's my closest friends who've criticised me the most. Um, and me. And... Uh, and you, of course, got my closest friends and my, and my most bitter rivals. <laughs> uh, and and one of the reviews that I, I had the last time I was allowed to have free reign over the podcast, which thankfully when is not available. Oh, that was maybe. Why did you have free reign? So so there were a few months ago where you invited me to talk at length about my about my past. Oh, yes. in which, oh that didn't go down well. That yeah, in which I, well. I discussed a shadowy organisation known as the Colding Crew that I was a part of years mm. ago. Um, now, so some people from this this Colding crew that I mentioned were listening to this, and they wrote back to describe my my hosting technique as follows: the subject matter was exquisite, but poorly presented. <laughs> it would be nice to see David acting a bit more like himself, where he's much funnier and sounds less like a ponce. <laughs> Overall rating two. Two out of five. That does not sound like the man I fell in love with. With more in-depth discussions, in particular regarding the Colding crew, this show will have potential. However, if these grandiose claims of love and heartbreak can't be backed up with hard evidence, I predict the unacceptable face of podcasts will likely crash and burn. And that's from Mr. A. Price of the Colding crew. 
Ooh, a price, a price. A the price. price is right in this instance, I would yeah. say. Yeah, it's an old Welsh name, uh, I believe. Mm, the price is right. So, so what, um, what, what it's, do you it's, think it, about it, that? Interesting, interesting that he uses the term crash and burn. Um, because, you know, at, at the risk of going on at length about ourselves and the podcast, you know, at the risk yeah, we, of we don't do that too much. Do that. No, but uh, the feedback that I brought back into last week's episode, that's episode two for those of you listening at home. Uh, the feedback that I got from Brian w- Wilson after episode one was that, um, and I, ha- I have I have the quote here, um, it was, the one thing that will make this podcast crash and burn, Kyle, is your oh, ego. And so it's, 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 I think it's interesting to look at how our own respective friend circles respond to our personalities on air. It's a, it's a balancing of the cosmic scales, I think. And, and also mm. an indication that we've, sh- we've chosen some pretty cruel friends. We have. But can you ever really choose these things in can, life? Can or is you it them find, choose you? Can you find it in your heart to blame them? Definitely, I I can't I can't. Um, I mean, I I I I think their their hatred of me is only topped by my own self loathing. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, and that's I mean, a grim reality to face. It's pretty bleak. I mean, I I mm. loathe is too kind of word for what I feel for you, Carl. <laughs> you know, dis- despise may be closer to it. Yeah, I think I, I think I despise you. There's there's a, there's a sort of a, a running contempt that runs deeper than hatred. And I, I feel would, it's I would, well I would, earned. I would like if I were to hate you, it would be a step up. But mm. the contempt I have for you leaves no room for anything as passionate as hate. It's a really dry feeling of disgust. Mm. And speaking of hatred, I believe there's been some news this week. You you just stole my segue. I I set I that up perfectly, and I was just about I to hit r- the bomb, and you and you ripped it away. I thought you were going to drop it. I thought you weren't going to pick up on that because Good you just God. don't have that Good professional God. candor that I have. Your lack of faith. Right, in, your lack of faith. You've, you've just illustrated the point that I was making. I, I speak all of this about contempt <laughs> because I wanted to talk about Stephen Moffat's departure, and I thought setting up a figure for such <laughs> revilement and loathing that would be quite a good way to do it. And so Kyle was my my unwitting sort of my unwitting foil. sort of til- tilting partner foil for that, but he he couldn't let me have it, could he? He just had nah. to. He just had to squeeze on in and steal it away from I'll me. Stop. I'll okay. stop. Okay. This this is your baby. This, this is, is your baby. This is my baby. I shan't. I I am not a man who interferes with babies. That'll be put forth now. So please. Yeah. Let just just let me dunk this one in the water, okay? And and we'll we'll get things back on track. All right. So so Moffat's <laughs> departure. What was your initial reaction when you heard? Um, tears of joy. I believe mm, um, tears of joy. There was, there was. Um, I, I, I do believe that I actually, um, you know, pumped m- 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 my f- f- fist and went, "Yes, f- f- finally!" Um, I, I pumped it on really the is a relief. I'm sure. Well, yeah, uh, it could easily, it could easily have that response on a man, um, because it, it is by all accounts good news, if not great news. I was thrilled. Yeah. Do you know what kind of gets me about Moffat? Is that he's he's not a bad writer. He's a really, really good writer. And that's why it's so frustrating that he keeps... He keeps, he keeps overwriting the show. 
that's the problem. Like I could, I could forgive someone who just wasn't up to scratch, but he so clearly, he so clearly could do this job well. Mm. He just refuses to do so. For uh, those of us at home who aren't aware, what show is this we're talking about? Oh yes, yeah. so this is Doctor Who, the classic British sci-fi show that Stephen Moffat, the showrunner, has been running for the last half decade or so, and has announced recently that he'll be stepping down from. And that's not all it takes, David. That's all it takes to bring this baby home. Not a day too soon. Not a day too soon. No. No. Um, it is long overdue, if yeah. you ask me. Long overdue. He he really stayed stayed for too long, I think. He should have he should have left when Smith did. When Matt Smith, the, the yeah. 11th Doctor, decided to exit. I mean, the big question is, will Peter Capaldi, the actor who's currently playing the eponymous hero, will he go as well? I assume he will, because he's been dropping hints that he'd, he's probably going to leave pretty soon, hasn't he? he, like, he, he seems um, to be giving the impression he wants he to do other things. Three series tends to be the sort of the golden number for most Doctor mm. actors who want to avoid avoid being typecast. I think he'll, yeah. I think he'll go. And he's, he's, not, he's not a young man. How many years has he ever left? You know? And years go quickly these days. Oh, That's... God. They do. Quicker than they used to. Yeah. Quicker than they used to. But, which, which, you know, it's... It is it is a pity in some ways that we won't get to see Peter Capaldi um, in the hands of a capable show runner, but um, I do think that that a clean slate can be only a good thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would quite like to see um, everything that Torchwood sort of had that injected back into Doctor Who. I'd like to see all the mm. sort of like like a, a really like hypersexualized super violent, really mean-spirited kind of show crept back I mean, into Doctor it bas- I mean, I, I, I only watched maybe two, two and a half episodes of it. Yeah. And it was, um, to my young eye at the time, it seemed to be just Doctor Who with swearing and the homosexual relationships were out in the open rather than just hinted at mm. as they were in in the Doctor Who itself. Um, yeah. And I, I, I lost interest quite quickly. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of Torchwood. That being said, its third series, which was more of a mini-series really, uh, Children of Earth, really, really good. Like, it completely, completely knocked it out of the park. I keep hearing that. And, and hearing Peter, that. Peter Capaldi is in it is arguably the best character. Really, really solid mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah and no, I, I don't know the the premise of torture. I, I never was never quite on board with. I kind of think Doctor Who, but but trapped on Earth is. Does, I mean, well, I mean to be, to be fair, we've had we've had times in Doctor Who when long stretches he's been unable to to leave Earth, but still, yeah. it's it's not. It just doesn't do it for Sean me. Sean Pertwee's era springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. I believe for the like first half, or perhaps slightly longer than that, he was Earthbound. Can I ask you a question, Carl? Of course. Who would you appoint to run the new series of Doctor Who? Now, we know it's going to be Chris Chibnall, but suppose that you were in the comms directive chair of the BBC and said, right, the power's in my hands. Who am I going to pick? David, it would probably be us as a combo. I was hoping you were going to say me on my own, but fair enough. Fair enough. No, no, no. I mean, we've we've already seen the the absolute ramshack production that this episode has been at 11 mi- mi- minutes in. Um, I don't think we could entrust one of the nation's most beloved creations to your hands alone. I think you do need sort of the, the guiding f- 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 
force that I provide. I have um, to admit, without your guiding hand, I wouldn't have come nearly so far as I did. No, you would have crashed and burned. Um, <laughs> but to give you a, to give a proper answer to that question, um, there's all. I mean, there's always part of me would like to see Russell T. Davies return to Doctor Who, but um, that's not realistic to be honest I, I also think it, it would probably be a bit of a disappointment i think we're too old now to, yeah. to appreciate his style yeah. anymore i really think it could just it it, it would just be like um it could, the best comparison would be to the reunion tour that the spice girls did a number of years ago that oh. fell that was really a d- damp squid um and i would be worried that that would happen um there was there was a time when i would have said i'd like to see mark Get us, uh, take the helm. Do you think he's seething that he didn't get it? Do you think that was that was his plan all um, I don't. I don't think so. He sort of seems to have enough on his plate these days. Yeah. Um, I reckon. I. I. I think. Actually, once, m- once, m- m- um, Moffat is gone, we could actually see. Um, a lessened Gatiss contribution to the show as mm. a whole. Um, and that's maybe not such a bad thing. He's a bit of a mixed um, bag, isn't he? Yeah, the, the thing is, I have a lot of love for Mark Gatiss because um, because of his work as part of the League of Gentlemen. Which were, oh, right. Um, which are, yeah, the, the um, comedy sketch group in the UK. Um, kind of the in some ways the precursor to a lot of what came out I mean they certainly heavily inspired Lucas and Williams who went on to do Little Britain um, so I, I really loved his work there and would like to see I, I mean I, I mean, what I would most love to see would be a return of that show to the airwaves but I don't really think that'll happen anytime soon and Certainly not in any long form context. Um, what what I wouldn't mind to see actually would be two of the other members of the League of Gentlemen, um, Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith. Um, they currently have a show on the BBC called Inside Number Nine, which is um, kind of a an anthology black comedy series um, where each each week there's a half hour episode and it's all set within the confines of like a house or an apartment or a room or even a train carriage uh, that is designated as number n- uh, n- um, as number nine you know that's either it's a dress or it's or the carriage on the coach or or whatever and there's like a standalone story in there with a new cast of characters and everything they're completely unrelated from each other and that does at times carry on the spirit of the league of gentlemen quite a lot and i think those two um can be quite um excitingly creative and i think it, it, it could take the show in a completely separate direction if they were to come on board at doctor who i don't think it would ever happen at all but um, for me, that would nearly be a dream come true if they came on. Um, yeah. Speaking of different directions Doctor Who could take, I know who I would pick. Go on. And it's, maybe it's an obvious choice, but I think, it's, I think it's clearly the right one, and that would be Vince Gilligan of Breaking oh, Bad wow. fame. 
I would really like to see because I think Doctor has become so frenetic and so sort of pointlessly over the top that I would like to see it brought way way back in Tarantino's words let's slow it right down and just have a <laughs> have a really like 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 a, like a good two minute long opening shot of just the TARDIS stationary in the desert the clouds wheeling overhead and just have that play for a while and then a little point of view shot up from the TARDIS console of a little piece of the machinery bobbing up and down and up and down. The doctor filled with some sort of midlife crisis brewing. I, I think that's... I'd like to see that. And of course, I'd like to see the doctor enter some sort of cosmic, intergalactic, across-all-time drug ring. I think he... I mean, the, the TARDIS would make the ideal mule, right? Oh, of course it would. Yeah. So that's, that's the direction I'd like to see it go in. You know, I'm not. I'm not more of the same. I, I want a completely new bent on Doctor Who. To add to that, um, and of course, we're we're firmly talking in the realms of dreams here. Um, imagine if Guillermo del Toro were to take over. I I never forgave him for Pacific Rim. Really, a yeah. film that I have yet to see. Oh no, you'll you'll love it. It's exactly the kind of thing that you'll you'll sort of you'll spew what about, and you'll be mean? you'll you'll be delighted by it. I don't know. It's it's the sort of thing that'll delight. It'll tickle all the fanboy sensibilities you think you ought to have, and maybe you do have. Maybe that's unfair, but I. But oh, you'll be one of the crowd who who absolutely loved it. And, and whenever and you, I'll, whenever you are criticizing me for being a. Man, boy, the man who squealed with delight in the middle of Ant-Man. Um, oh, oh, now, 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 you don't know what sounds I made in the middle of Ant-Man because you weren't there to hold my hand while I was watching it. I was in Ant-Man alone with nothing but a, like some some suspicious glances from parents to keep me warm, some children who were afraid to be near me as I. They weren't keeping you warm. As I sat through the eleventh, twelfth, whatever it is, installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, feeling nothing but. But the chill of isolation. But it was a decent that's film. Exact, that's exactly film. the response. That was exactly the reaction that the film evoked in me. And I was with a cohort <laughs> of my friends. What does that tell you? But if, we, if we, I we shouldn't get a cohort of my that. friends, or even a single friend, I would have felt nothing but pure joy at the cinematic flair that was being displayed by good old Peyton Reed. You judged it too harshly, Where, Carl. Wherefore art thou, Edgar Wright? I, we we have to end that this topic is firmly in the vault and is not to be touched. That's right. This is a vault we've already, topic. We've already put too much at risk. But I think it's quite good that we flirt with the vault ever so slightly, just so people just so people wonder what other other little little black secrets we, we have gurgling down we there. Tease it. We do. Yeah. There's a uh, lot of there are, are a lot of sounds that emanate from its creaking hallways and shelves. Do you know what I always want to have? What I would like to end up in the vault one day is something that we get to just tentatively refer to as that night. I'd, I'd quite like to make these sort of black allusions every so often too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I I haven't thought about that since that night. That night. Mm. Mm. But of course, that we don't night. speak of that night at all. So. No. No. Not for um. these ears, anyway. <laughs> well, okay, so, so that's interesting. I, th- I think we've laid out Doctor Who pretty well. Before we Stephen Moffat, before yeah. we move on from this topic, because I, I I don't want to I don't want my my tenure as host, brief as it will probably be, to be solely about ripping down another man's work. What what was your favourite Moffat episode of Doctor Who, other than Blink? Favourite Moffat episode. Um, well, I'm going to try to keep it uh, to only whenever he took on the reins of show 
runner. Yeah, so I, I was about um, to impose that constraint, actually. That's the Matt fun. Smith era. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for the 11th hour. That was going to be my pick. Uh, which was the very first episode that Matt Smith ever starred in. Um, and, you know, it had um, it had a legacy to work with. Um, David Tennant was much beloved in that role. And he, he is, I think, forever shall remain... Um, my doctor. Yeah, he's my doctor. Um, did I tell you I met which, his cousin the other day? Or the other you week? did, you did, you did, you did, you did. But I'd really appreciate it if you didn't just speak over me when I'm right in the middle of something. Um, we can go into that in a minute. Uh, see, already, already, a third of the way in. I, I, I um, actually said that purely, purely to sort of knock you off your perch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And if there's one person who needs that, it is me, in fairness. But no, no, go, go um, on, go on. So yeah, the eleventh hour. Um, I mean, a lot of us at the time, um, you know, we were still um, heartbroken after the departure of David Tennant, and um, I must add that that watching uh, David Tennant's final episode in that role um, was the first time that I ever cried. At um at a TV program or a film at all, and after that episode, the floodgates were opened, and basically anything could set me off uh, to tears. So um, Matt Smith had had, had a lot up against him. You know, he was going to constantly be compared to David Tennant. You know, there was on my part anyway. There was a bit of antagonism. You know, he took over after the the man I loved. Um, and yet, that episode comes out of the gate. It comes out all guns blazing, and it does a damn good job. Um, and over the years since that episode, when I've grown quite disillusioned with um, Stephen Moffat and Matt Smith and the programme as a whole, um, I did begin to question whether whether the programme had changed over those years and, and and as I perceived it, the quality wasn't as good anymore or whether it's just I had grown up. Uh, so I went back and I rewatched The 11th Hour and this was maybe only a year or a year and a half ago and uh, I loved it. it. It held up just as well. It was a very good episode. Um, I, I And I, I, I would say that that probably is my top Moffat episode. There, there are a couple more standouts, particularly from this last year of the program, which which I thought went went a long way to redeem the show from the um the the trenches that had found itself in over over the last two years. Um, prior to that, uh, specifically, um, the the premiere double bill of this show, of this year's season and um, also the double bill from this most recent season that featured the Zygon invasion were very I really enjoyed those two and um, mm. you know I think he, he, he also does deserve credit for the 50th anniversary special the day yes. of the doctor which I think is really I mean, there there are people, there are there are voices out there, um, critical voices, which disagree with that because hate is going to hate, right? Well, returning 
Gallifrey to the cannon and um, reinstating it as you know still actually there and not destroyed in the, the time war. Um, some people have claimed that that um, that it really took something away from the portrayal of the doctor since the show returned in two thousand and. Five, because ever since then, you know, he he has been, um, you know, the last survivor of this great time war. Um, a, 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 a troubled man who had had to make the ultimate choice and destroy not only um, the entire forces of, of of his enemy, but also the entire species of which he he is a part. And that, particularly in the eras of Christopher Eccleston and. David Tennant, that played into the character quite a lot and uh, was a real um, key part of that character. And in the 50th anniversary special, Stephen Moffat reverses all of that, which some people are unhappy with. I don't know, I kind of feel it was going to happen eventually and that was as good a time as any to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think by that point they'd sort of, they'd milked the lonely survivor, guilty genocide kind of stuff pretty much as far as... As far as it could go, sort of healthy narrative, and I think there's a, there's a lot more w- to be had with having Gallifrey back in the picture. Mm. To be fair, I think yeah. I think he wasted the opportunity of having Gallifrey back this season, but I think having Gallifrey back really does bring up a whole new well of narrative potential. Um, yeah. I, to be honest, if if you're going to pick eleventh hour, which would have been my choice for best Moffat episode mm. while he was showrunner, um, I would be tempted to pick the Day of the Doctor, the, the anniversary special you mentioned in his place. Mm. Um, but given that that's maybe that's too much of a wild card, which I I do also love that special. I I really do. I think it was a great great Doctor Who story. I in that case I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something more recent and go for the Hell Bent episode that we had recently with Peter Capaldi Remind as a me. as a sort of almost as a kind of one man play. He's pretty ah, much ah yes 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 of course. He's pretty much the only character in it. It does this sort of metaphysical kind of exploration into the Doctor's psyche. There's this sort of endless sort of like repetition and torture and and it's 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 really good. Capaldi absolutely rocks and it plays totally to his strengths as an actor. Actually kind of does something we haven't really seen in Doctor Who before which is is sort of to have an episode that more or less takes place entirely in the soul of the character. I mean not not exactly, but that's essentially what the what the show's doing. And it it I don't know, it dives deeper into the grit of the character than I think we've really had time to sort of see before. I I thought it was really good. And it it does stuff with form, which sort of Moffat's been kind of driving at for a bit and and I think I think it's maybe the episode that sort of best showcases Moffat's talents and brings to bear the kind of techniques and the kind of stories that no one else ever really has done before or or is, and yeah, it's, it's the sort of stuff that's only really in his wheelhouse, and I think it's sort of his most mature example of that of that kind of highly complex, arguably convoluted psychological sort of trickery that goes on, and and taken to a very nice place. I I really like that. I thought it was great. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that that it's would be answer. that would be my pick. Very good. Yeah. Okay. But fair. you know, successes and failures all tied up together however we may feel because there are people who really do love Moffat and fair enough everyone's allowed there their errors been, in life there has been a strong voice of defence from the fan base as well which which does which me, frankly as know. far as I'm concerned can echo in a little metal box under the sea from now until the end of days I I have I have little patience for the sort of 
excessive fandom that Moffat's generated. There's a certain gratuity yeah. to it that I really dislike. But anyway, he's... I mean, the man's a tool. The man is a tool. Yeah, he's a pandra. He's a pandra. Yeah. A pandra, a charlatan, and a thief of good television. <laughs> That's he's my... still some of the best hours of my life. He, re- he he did, yeah, he did. No, but but our Saturday nights as young men gone spent tutting at the screen. Isn't that how we spent most of the autumn car? A little, a little um, glance thing. We could have done that better. We could have done that. <laughs> thing is, we could have. Uh, but what do what what? Um, I mean, I don't know much about the guy who is primed to take over. Um, Chris Chibnall. Mm. Nor nor do I really. Um, I've heard some bad things. I've heard some people who really really dislike him. But those, those are just a couple of people sort of in old circles of mine. Um, and to be honest, they, they do have a tendency to be quite critical in general. So, may, so they're may, maybe being unfair about that. What I do know is that um, in terms of Doctor Who, he was responsible for the episode forty-two, which I actually really liked. Um, Remind may, me of that. It episode. was it was a David Tennant episode where he and Martha Jones um, uh, are on a sh- uh, um, appear on a, a mining ship. The TARDIS materializes there. Um, that's um, on a collision course for the sun or, or for a star. And uh, that a couple of, of crewmen are, are sort of are acting out. They've they've been possessed by some sort of virus from the star itself, and they're trying to sabotage the ship. And the idea is that it's supposed to take place in real time. There's 42 minutes in the episode, 42 minutes before the ship goes into the sun. Um, and there, there was some really good stuff there. I thought there was some nice dramatic beats. It was it was a good Doctor episode. Um, I think I I also think largely forgotten. I don't think many people really remember it. I don't. At yeah. All. Um, he also did the Silurian episodes back in Matt Smith's first series. Do you remember that? The, the Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, which is sort of distinctly average, very sort of a, a bit, uh, a bit damp. Those, the better. A bit damp. Um, I don't think he's. I think. I think he did. Oh, I think he might have done the Power of Three, which was the penultimate Amy and Rory episode, which again was a bit sort of like, yeah, eh, it was fine. Yeah. So no, nothing really that exciting. Um, no Vince Gilligan. That's my takeaway. And certainly, no, no unacceptable face of podcast doesn't doesn't wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have anywhere near the level of signature and grace and and je ne sais quoi that we would bring. It, to it. shouldn't even be spoken of in the same breath, David. To be no, honest. no, no. I mean, Remembered in the, in, in the same breath. Remembered in the same breath as the greats, but. The world will probably never see our Doctor, and that that is a crying shame. Something to mourn over, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so we may mourn for Moffat, we may spit upon his grave. But on the subject of mourning, um, it's what obviously been it's obviously been a difficult time <laughs> in the world of pop culture recently. We we've lost mm. David Bowie and we've lost Alan Rickman. Bowie, sp- I I hate to do this. I hate to interrupt you when you're in full. <laughs> Slow, but I do have to own up to this. <laughs> no, it, it it has to be done. Um, in last week's episode, I erroneously insisted that the pronunciation of David Bowie's name was Bowie, um, which I've since been corrected on. And uh, I I listened back to that part of last week's show, and it um it it, it made me cringe. So I have to make amends. Um, oh I apologize both to you. To our audience and to the legacy of the of the star child himself. That was very graceful, Carl. 
I'm nothing if I'm not gracious. Then maybe hope for us yet. Kyle Gracious Lamb. That's what they used to call me. Kyle G Lamb. <laughs> Kyle Glam. Kyle Glam, that would spell. Kyle Very G good. Lamb, Kyle Glam. Okay. I'm not on board with that at all. I quite like it. Um, mm. So, so on this note, we had a message sent in from friend of the show, Mr. J. McNeilage. Long-term friend of the show. Long-term friend of the show, who writes... Mm. A friend of mine. He asks us, on the subject of celebrity death fatigue, I would prefer that people only tweet, etc., if a celebrity died who actually influenced a part of your life, or if their death can be used as an example of a cause that needs more publicity. This is not to take away from the stellar influence that both Bowie and Bowie and Rickman uh, have had on the world. Both of them could definitely be seen as influencing large swathes of people. If you could only publicly mourn five celebrities, and he uses this term to encompass everyone who's in the public light in one shape or form, um, ranging from little-known authors to the Tom Cruises of the world, and goodness knows I have something to say on Tom Cruise, um, he asks... Who have most influenced your life and who would they be? Your, your five celebrities, Kyle, that you would mourn if they died. Okay. And we're, we're going to add the constraint. It's implied in the question but not stated explicitly that these celebrities have to be ones who are currently drawing breath and yes. mourn than we would if they were to be struck down by a spade to the back of the head. Mm. Mm. Um, so I have, I have prepared a list here. Uh, have you prepared one as well? Oh, I have, but I'm a good host. I'm going to let you go first. Well, I, I. Oh, unless unless you would I, like to relinquish that opportunity for me. I think we could go turn about. So I go one, then you go one, you go one. But uh, well, I, I, I had actually I had actually rehearsed the the reading of the list in my head because that's think... fine. All right. Okay. Yes. And and, and also no it might make it a bit it might make it a bit clearer for listeners if they if they want to sort of compile their canon of our of our respective characters to just just have the each complete list read out in one go so, so that's that's what I'm going to suggest we do so I'll, I'll read mine right. first oh no no you, you read yours oh, first no 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 I'll no no no, 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 no. Go. You, you go, you go. I'll go um, and, um, and if, if I'm, go- I'm going to ask you not to not to sort of say anything about each people on that list until both lists have been read out just just give us the list in raw in raw full form if, you, if that's okay you're the boss you're the boss um okay um and I'm not going to give this in any particular order. I think I think to to give this list as any kind of countdown, as if to say, oh, I would care more about the first one than the last, would be a bit arch. It would be in bad taste. Mm, arch. So arch indeed. So I begin. I begin where I where I began when I wrote the list, and um, the first name I have here is is uh, the singer. Um, Meat loaf. Meat loaf is a single person. Good grief! I, thought, I assumed, assumed it was yes. like a full outfit. But I'm sorry, oh, I've, we'll I've interrupted. In I've interrupted. Go on. I, I am a meat loaf man until I die, and uh, that will remain. Uh, the second name I have is Shigeru Miyamoto, who is a games designer for Nintendo. Uh, the third that I have here is a bit of a cheat, um, in a way, but I just have the the entirety of the l- l- League of Gentlemen, if that's okay. The League of Gentlemen, who I've talked about earlier. Well, it is, it is a uh, cheat. It's not a bit of a cheat, but, but okay. okay. Well, you've spoiled this segment, but we'll carry on. 
I've kind of soured it. <laughs> I've spoiled this heartwarming discussion of the the passings of our most beloved heroes. Uh, the fourth name I have is is Tom Hanks. It'll be a sad day when he goes. And the last name I have, and uh, just realised once again, this is also a bit a, um, a bit of a cheat. But realistically, on one of these people goes, the other is sure to follow. Oh no, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do. My my fifth slot goes to Ant and Deck of ITV. Ah, right. Okay, okay. Is that what you thought I was going to do? No, it it wasn't actually. My my thinking will become clear (laughs) when I read out my list, which is as follows. The five celebrities I would mourn. George R. R. Martin, Sir Ian McKellen, David Tennant, David Mitchell, and Kyle Lamb. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe I made your list. I'm flattered. In the last few months, I think it's safe to say that the status that you have acquired through your work that you've done on this podcast is nothing short of celebrity. I'm and I would, cer- I, and I would certainly mourn you. And I think that is less of a cheat than the kind of egregious ones that you've tried to pull. Oh, I was, I was all over the place with that list. To be fair, I mean, I mean, there. Are, I mean, if if people are going to insist that I, I don't include you on there, then the fifth spot, I would, I'd maybe give that. You know, I'd, I'd be tempted to give it to Rowan Atkinson. Actually, I think that would maybe move me. I you know his name entered my head as well. I, I will shed a tear whenever he, uh, when he ever yeah. up the daisies. He's earned that. He certainly has. Um, okay, so 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 some interesting names on that list. Yes. You're, you're, any you're questions? Um, yeah. T- tell me about Meatloaf because obviously I know absolutely nothing about Meatloaf. them. I'm, a, I'm aware they're Meatloaf. a popular. Well, I him. thought they were a band, him. but apparently it's a singer. So. No, 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 no. The the definite the article. Band the band that he traditionally plays with um, during his tours anyway are known as the are known as the Neverland Express. Uh, this is a little. Bit of trivia for you there, but um. Okay. Have you got a question? You seemed you seemed. I I had I I had a general comment. Uh, I was just just going. Well, I, no, I did have a question. Have, have you okay. ever tried the food meatloaf? It's 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 a disgusting thing. <laughs> dreadful, <laughs> well, dreadful. My, my my granny made one uh, about a year or two ago, and uh, I really enjoyed it. it was nice. Mm, but it, you know, it wasn't people people have said that I do have a meat tooth as opposed to a sweet tooth so, it's put it's put me off listening nice. to his music just because i because whenever i hear oh, the name meatloaf, i always just sort of think i'm a huge fan oh, of meatloaf, meatloaf. I, I think i have every album that he ever recorded or the vast majority of them anyway um the crown jewels of which would of course be the the the, the um bad out of hell t- t- trilogy um, which of course were all done um, under the production of Jim St- Jim S- Steinman, uh, without whom we certainly wouldn't have meatloaf in the world today. Um, he he r- 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 wrote pretty much all the classics, you know. He wrote the entirety of Bad Out of Hell one and two, and pretty much any other big song that meatloaf had outside of those albums uh, as few and far between as those tracks may be they uh, usually had a at the very least a guiding hand from jim steinman himself but um the the third installment uh in that 
trilogy, um, which is, by all accounts, the worst entry. Um, Bad Out of Hell f- three, uh, which is subtitled "The Monster Is Loose." Um, that's an album that was released in two thousand and six, I believe, and um, was very much the formative listening experience to Teenage Kyle. Uh, it, it, it was, to, m- to me, what many people of our generation would claim American Idiot by Green Day. It got me through some very tough times. Slow down, Carl. Slow down. Green Day? Oh, you have so much yet to learn, David. No, no, I'm familiar with Green Day. I'm, shining, I'm just, shimmering, splendid. I'm just riffing. Um, I'm just riffing. I know, but uh, that that album, uh, because the, the, there were there were a lot of times in the aftermath of the release of, of that album when I was, uh, I believe, well, to to paraphrase um, Terry Pratchett, I believe, uh, when I was brung low by a woman. And oh, there are there are tracks on that album that uh, that lifted me right out of that. Or if the if 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 it was called four, helped me fester and stew in that trench for a bit longer to work out what was going on. And I I, I would I would honestly take that album to the grave with me. When a gal does you wrong, you need a bit of meatloaf. That's it. Um, I, I, I think there... I think we could we could have made some pretty sweet meatloaf in our time. You think? Give, given the opportunity, we never cooked together. No, we don't. Well, ye, um, notoriously, you can't cook. Well, would, would would you know that, Carl? Have you have you ever eaten anything I've made? I mean, you're you're right. Of have course, you, I, I, you, I can't cook. In the time we've known each other, have you ever made anything? Did you not really struggle with beans on toast on it, or a bacon sandwich, or something? Well, I mean, I'm trying to think back to our days in EQ too, when we actually lived together. Um, cause, I certainly I th- don't think you ever prepared anything from scratch. Well, it, dep- it depends how scratch how you? scratch you would go. I mean, like I I didn't like I didn't like plant a field full of wheat, pick <laughs> a loaf and, of bread, and yeah, yeah, I, n- I never did anything like that. <laughs> I, know, I I I cooked I cooked pasta. I was able to heat that up. Uh, I I could open cans. I could I could use the microwave. Well, don't don't snigger at me like you're. I did. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I. I didn't realise that Gordon Ramsay was in the room. <laughs> oh wait, that's you on my webcam. Sorry, sorry, I got very confused there. Very Kyle, confused. If, you know, if, if we're going to compare ourselves to Cook, I, th- I think I'm, I'm very much more of a sort of a Heston, a Heston Blumenthal than. Yeah, um, I think I would. I, I would think I you're would more of a Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. I think Gordon I would Ramsay be the Gordon Jamie Ramsay. Oliver. I would be the Gordon Ramsay to your Jimmy Oliver, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I like that. There, analogy. I believe there there is a rivalry there as well. Oh, there is. I think yeah, yeah. There, the, there is a bit of bitterness harboured between those two. Mm. There's a bit Much of a like good us. cop, bad cop kind of thing that goes on. Mm. I must admit, I'm a Jamie man. I'm a Jamie man. I think he's all right. I, th- I, I think he's a bit. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit. He's a bit, a bit too much for me. I'm a bit too he's much for me. He's the naked chef. Uh, if, if, if I can be, if, if I can just, um jump on this because this is um an idea that i've kind of dwelt on for a little for a while um because th- there By is something there's something i feel distinctly comforting about um watching a cookery 
program. And yeah, it, it's not something I do a lot. I but consider I it a waste of time. It's my least favourite thing to watch on we're TV. Not, we're not... There is a topic that is firmly in the... I'm not going to mention it, Carl. ...vault that we are dangerously close to treading on, but I shan't. So I'll th- thank you to just let me get this out. Um, because I am... I, I, I'm subscribed to Jamie Oliver's FoodTube, which is his channel on... <laughs> You on YouTube, um, where he um, he also he also plays plays host to other cooks as well. But you know, as as a man who who enjoys his food, I do get pleasure from watching it being prepared uh, prepared and often eaten on air. I quite like. Um, but the other thing as well, it just um, makes me feel better. Well, the thing is when when you're watching. A professional cook. When, when you're watching the Jamies, the Ainsley Harriets of the world, um, and everyone in that ilk, um, whenever you're watching them, you're safe in the in the knowledge that it's going to work out. One problem I have when I cook is that you know I'll make a lot of well, not a lot, but I've been known to make pretty egregious mistakes in the kitchen. Just a couple of days ago, actually, uh, I tried to make a curry with my with my dad, and uh, I was in charge of the recipe. And I don't know how I did this, but I misread and put in twice as much curry powder as was required. The thing was an absolute shambles. Even the dog wouldn't touch it. The dog ran. Terrible, terrible. But when you're watching someone like Jamie Oliver on screen, you it's 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 relaxing. You know he. He's going to pull this off. This this is going to be a-okay, and everyone's going to enjoy this food once it's made. I think you've hit on a key difference between us, Carl. And that is when I am when I see someone at the top of their craft being successful, being clear, being magical about what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good word. You, generating a, a literal magic with their art. Mm. And if it's an art that I don't possess in any sort of way, and it's, it's an art that I actively suck at, and I watch that, you. I feel nothing but anger. Anger at myself. Hatred. Anger at Jamie Oliver, the big J.O. Anger at the world. Anger at the universe <laughs> for cursing me with these these butterfinger hands <laughs> and condemning Butterf- me to That sounds through. like a delicious pudding. Butterfinger hands. <sighs> you could make that. If you if 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 you only had Don't had patronize the me, Kyle. Don't patronize me. We won't David like words. Butterfinger hands. Well, if it, and, and I'll take if, a fistful. If the cooking doesn't work, I know where else it can go. That, that, that brand my, has potential. Fair enough. I'll get I'll get my lips around that. But mm. what I will what, the one the one last point I want to add about this, um, because I know I've gone on about this at length. You've, you've um, taken this way off. Not topic. not only are you comforted. Well, 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 David, you know, if anything, it's I'm just an unruly contributor that you as host failed to rein in. And that's on you. But what I will add, not only do you get the comfort of knowing that whatever the the chef in question is preparing will work out okay, it's also that they're broadcasting in an educational capacity. And they do it with such such a comforting way. It's almost as if they're, you know, they're telling you how to do that as if you have a chance, as, as, as if they do have some level of trust or confidence that they believe that you are able to replicate what they have done on screen. And it fills me with an innate confidence that I, I did I not think, know was there prior to that. 
And that in it in itself is that is probably the main reason why I like to enjoy cookery programs as much as I do. See, I think there's an underlying superciliousness to that nice nicety that we see from them. And I think to be honest, you'd have to be you'd have to be a fool gutted with nothing but naivety in your stomach to watch them and think, Yes, I could do that too. What we're seeing is is the elite. We're seeing the gods waving their magic hands about daring us to try and come and steal their fire and then sniggering and patting us on the back when we get burned. It's it's not for <laughs> me, Carl. I will happily like I'll carry it's on making making my my sweet and sour pasta with sausages and chocolate sauce. That's that's the best I can do. And if if people don't like it, there's 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 nothing more I can say. That's that's I'm, it. I, I, I nearly had had a gastric upheaval at what you just mentioned there. Yeah, well, oh, my, my, my young my girlfriend words. at the time almost literally did, actually. She, she wasn't a fan. But it was, the only food in, it was the only food in the house, so eat it, she had to. Waste not, want not. Waste not, want not. Um, to get back I, I should, onto I the top of that, that was slightly fictitious. There was other food in the house. I'm sure. Uh, but to get back to, to the top of hand, there, there, there is one more name on my list of celebrities that I'd like to speak to, just for a minute or two. Oh, uh, so, so you don't have is... any questions about my celebrities? Well, we can get on to that in a minute. Um, well, David, I'm not the one who asked the question. It is my turn, Kyle. It is my turn, Kyle. Wait, um, I asked about your precious gracious, meatloaf. The gracious thing to do as host would be to let me get this out. We're way How many past times, the point of graciousness, Kyle. We're how way many past times that in point. the past? I, 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 I would direct your attention to episode one of the podcast, uh, which is kind of out, because in the Star Wars discussion, I nearly got a word in edgewise. You, you certainly so, mentioned that fact, though. You were quite happy to shut me down when I was going on too long. Well, that's the thing. But I do... Anyway, but no, 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 get that, past this... Let's this have, rough let's, patch. Let's see what you have to say. Okay, the one, the one last one that I want to speak about at any length is Shiguru Mamiya Moto, who he's a gaming channel. He is, as 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 I alluded to, he is a game developer at Nintendo. But perhaps more so than that, he is the creator of of such video game characters and franchises as Super Mario and the Legend of Zelda. And he has been hailed as the father of modern gaming, which I believe in that. I I believe that that without him, we wouldn't know gaming as we currently do in the world. Um, And his his contributions to the art have had a great effect on my on on my life anyway um and you know and if if i was to make a list of my top 10 games of all time i'd say that the majority of them would have some involvement from miyamoto at one stage or another but um i do have have to say at this point um Another staff member at Nintendo, I believe he he was the CEO of Nintendo of Japan, um, Satoru Iwata. He passed away quite unexpectedly and at a relatively young age last year from uh, a cancer, I believe. And uh, the gaming world, um, you know, uh, you know, ev- 
ev- everyone kind of m- m- mourned him after the um af- after his passing, and um, you know it did it 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 kind of hit me a lot more than I was expecting. And you know he didn't necessarily have as big a creative input in a lot of games as Shigeru had. But um, he did have a lot of involvement, and he was, for a few years then, he was very much the face of Nintendo as a company. Uh, he was, um, he seemed to be a really kind-hearted, honourable chap. I had a lot of time for him. And when he passed, um, I it, 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 it touched me, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I did post a little tribute to him on Facebook at the time, the type of which uh, we were criticising people for posting last week in the wake of um, the two prolific deaths we had at that stage. So I am I am by no means innocent of of getting involved in that kind of um, that kind of post at all. So I just had to okay, put that, that out there. That was a heartwarming tribute. Card. And and that's my pace. That's my pace. And I'll, I feel I'll kind of breath now. I feel kind of bad now because I. I have to spin this on its head in a way you might not like. Um, mm. Then again, it might be an opportunity for you to show a certain amount of nobility. So we'll see how this goes. And any chance I need, I can take. <laughs> nobility is overrated anyway. A, su- a surprise question that I'm going to pitch to you is this. Oh, your five celebrities and yourself are trapped on a space station, not a desert island because we don't do cliché on two fops. You're trapped on a space station. You probably will live until the rescue shuttle <laughs> arrives, but rations are running low. And it's pretty clear not everyone's going to make it out unless there's a substantial influx of meat. There won't be many coming home. Ant and Deck wander up to you, and they say... I'm not going to do the accent. They say, look, mate... Why, things I getting, th- Things are getting pretty bad. Someone's someone's gonna have to go. And coming from Anton Deck, that is especially chilling. It is, isn't it? But 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 I, I think I think they would. I think they'd be like you know there are stories of squirrels in Siberia starved that attack dogs. I think that's pretty much what Anton Deck would be in that situation. They come up to you and they say, "Oh, they'd be the first. Some someone needs to go. We don't have we don't have the physical strength to take anyone down by ourselves. We'd like you to team up with us, and and we'll we'll pick someone at random." In fact, no, no. As you're going to be the, the key strength contributor, tell us who to, who we should go for. We'll we'll garrot them from behind. You pummel them in the front, break their necks. We'll get them down. We'll eat them. We all go home fine. Who do you pick? I, at that, if those two, if those two Geordie men had the audacity to come up to me, um, apparently the commander or the, or the person who's been elected as chief, I would go straight. F- f- for Ant's eyes. Wow. And I would take them. I would take I would take his eyes. I would take them. And um or what I would ra- what I would perhaps do is I would um well, while, I would while take... Dex screams and cries in the background. <laughs> the Dex's eyes. I would take his eyes. And uh, I would have I would have Ant stricken off. And we would that night we would f- feast on f- 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 LA of Ant. Wow. Um, wow! Because that, that, the, that's how you get men like that in line. That's how you rein them in. And if that situation were to play out, which you know I half expect in my lifetime it could well happen. Yeah. I think that's the only legitimate response. Blimey, that's that's bold. 
That's really bold. Mm. So am I, am I take it to say that if you came upon the idea to eat someone just from your own volition and that no one had goaded you into it, that Anton Deck would be on the chopping block? Uh, they'd probably be the first to go. They'd well, actually, go. I would maybe want to take... Are they fathers now? Do they have children? Uh, I think they do. Uh, that makes it a bit harder. But I think, realistically, you would maybe take Meatloaf out first. I mean, he is the oldest one there. He, he is, is merely the, a the, shadow of his former self. He is also the, and there's a, the obvious choice, right? There's a lot of meat in those bones. But, you know, it, at the he's, risk he, of... He's pretty much asking arch, for it. He's asking. He he's is. begging for it with a name but like that. It could it could be a rather... <laughs> Fatty cut of meat, you say. It might not yes. do any of us any good. So, um, whereas me, you you do have the the League of Gentlemen there as well, and um, well, fr- frankly, know, they, there were only you wouldn't be in this mess if you only brought five people onto the space station, Carl. <laughs> it was hubris on my part. <laughs> it was, it? yeah. And now people are going to pay for it in flesh. Oh, yeah. All right. Point of flesh. Okay. Fact, the the honourable thing to do would be to honour would, would be to offer up uh, my own charred carcass. That that was your chance for nobility, which you you haven't you haven't taken until this moment, which I find interesting. It didn't even it didn't even cross then, your mind, did it? I I gave you a, I didn't give you a clear hint there what the correct answer was. But then who'll protect the rest of those innocent men from Anton Deck? That's true. You know, we can, already have seen what they're capable of. Can you imagine, as you're being like loaded onto the fire rack, you know, there's there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a stern the a stern countenance as you as you brace yourself. Everyone else is is sort of crying and apologising, and you say, no, 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 it needs to be done. And then as the flames lick higher, but before I go, I've been hogtied. <laughs> those men. At, at, at my own request, an <laughs> apple in the mouth and hogtied. If you're gonna go, you want to go right. Bollock naked. You got to you got to do it properly. Um, yeah. Who? Oh, here's interesting. If you were going to, if you were going to offer yourself up for for human consumption, mm. which, which of the five, which of your celebrities would you want your choicest parts to go to? The choice parts. Um, possibly Tom Hanks. Mm. I think he needs it. Yeah. I mean, a sh- he's already a shank of lamb been a castaway. Tom Hanks. He's been through that once, once in his life in Castaway, and I think I think he is. Um, he's definitely up there as the most prestigious of 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 the men on that list. And I think if anyone is going to get the T bone or 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 K bone, as I would hope it would turn out K-bone. to be, uh, I would I I would certainly want that part of me to end up in the digestive tract. Of Tom Hanks. The K bone is is pretty choice, speaking mm. from experience. Um, <laughs> but, but, oh, but, people but, are going to talk. I have to admit, I I know this is quite bad, but I really do like the the pun. Lamb shanks for Tom Hanks. That works. That works, that doesn't works. it? All right. Okay. Sh- so shanks you, for you, Hanks. Let, let let's say you went down the route of beating another celebrity. Either way. It's it's been grim. You've ill allstead right into the abyss, but the shuttle. How did we get here, David? I'm we give it. you the reins on one episode, and we're reduced <laughs> to cannibalism already. We're getting a lot of mileage out of it, though. So yeah. so you're you're loaded back onto the shuttle, um, and and uh, you know no one says a word. Even the people who rescue you are horrified, and they don't say anything. It's just blood and the stench of smoke on your breath. You're carried back to Earth. 
you you realize now what's important in life and mm. so i assume you waste no time and you don't hesitate and you come straight to my door and you say david mm. i've i've seen it i've 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 fucking seen it now we've got to adopt that child we've got to have that little mm. baby we've got to make something mm. right in this world then it's I something assume... we we have talked about in the past yeah, we we've brought it up. I don't think we've talked about it as much as we should. What? No, I mean it, it it has been just kind of um, a, a a plan that it might come to at some stage in the yeah. distant future of our own lives. Don't work out we, as as envisioned and hoped. We've we've spoken so much about death and about the sort of the bitterness inside hmm. each of us that that I that I think bringing new life into this world is. It's the highest gift that we could give each other. <laughs> if I could harbour your child, I would. Oh. In my I, belly. I would carry so much. Would, would that God in his infinite grace had granted me a womb in which you could, you could uh, deposit your own young. Well. That's the dream right there. there I- have have you ever seen the film with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito where Junior? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say it now. Shot for shot remake, David. Shot God, for shot. God, that would be that would be absolutely brilliant. Anyone who hasn't seen that film, go see it. Cast in your mind's eye oh, myself and fuck. Kyle in those roles, and and you'll in you'll which know roles? Exactly what we're talking about. Who who would be whom? I'll tell you. That. I would I've, be Arnie. I've always thought of you I more than I'd... Arnold and me as a DeVito, to be honest. Really? Oh wow, that is high praise because in in. In pretty much any other partnership in the world, I would just, by default, be the Danny DeVito. I'm, <laughs> I'm pleased to have said that. Well, I hope that's tickled you. What, no. that's, what that says, however, about your own opinion of, of, of yourself is perhaps best left unturned. Mm. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a sad day because we've, we've barely uncovered our little baby. Mm. Our, our little, our little Obadiah Junior. Oh, little, of course, Obadiah. little little OJ. May he go on to do great <sighs> things. Yes, um, we've barely uncovered him. We, we, he's blinking into the sun of this new world. Maybe we'll bring him up again later. I like to think that's what we would do when when the real Obadiah, the OG Uncle Obadiah, is gone, dead and buried. OJ and OJ, yeah, yeah, OJ and OJ. Um, but like Uncle Obadiah... He's Obadai, in hell. He's burning in hell. Yes, oh, yeah. Stage. And, and fair enough. Fair enough after he, everything he did. Mm. But like Uncle Obadiah, like Stephen Moffat, like Anton Deck and all the other celebrities that you may have seen fit to gouge <laughs> on in your cold, black space station... In my bloodlust. Death comes for us all. And we're, we're mm. out of time as well. And there are no pockets and shrouds. <laughs> God. What a, what, a, what a bleak note to end on. But I want you all to go forward. Consider death in all of its dark majesty. And then and then think about little that little chink of light. That that little baby OJ. Nestle, nestled in rigor warning. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Nestled in Kyle's loving arms with me, you know, waving a lock of hair out of his eyes. Kyle or the baby. And smoking a pipe and clucking your tongue with approval. Oh, yes. And it would be a bubble pipe too, no less. That's the image I want you to have as you go forward. It's been great talking to you all. 
Have a very good night, evening, day, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And keep believing. Keep All right, believing. guys. We'll see you next week. Very well.